Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let to Be Talk. Today is Monday, May 8th, and this episode is brought to you by my fantastic sponsor, Harley Davidson of El Cajon. Yes, El Cajon Harley Davidson. What a great bike shop this is. The summer is here. Actually, not this weekend. It wasn't here. Damn weird-ass rain. But the summer is... The summer's here, and the time is right for biking in the streets. Yeah, we're biking in Chicago. <laughs> Some Diamond Dave there. Anyway, El Cajon Harley is the perfect one-stop Harley-Davidson shop down in Southern California there in El Cajon. Fly in wherever you live. They'll pick you up at the airport. Get yourself a brand new Harley or a used Harley and ride your ass home. Get ready for Sturgis. That's coming. Summer's going to be here in lightning speed. You don't want to be bikeless. Go to Elko and Harley. Tell them I sent you. They're all big-time comedy and motorcycle and rock and roll fans there, especially my boy Greg Riley. Go check them out. Elko and Harley, they can get you financed, or maybe your bike has been stored all winter. You're ready to ride. Don't just jump on it. Go get it serviced. You don't want to be out there and... Uh, Find out you don't have any uh, brake fluid or, or your oils, you know, completely dirty and nasty. Get your bike serviced. Get it ready for the summer. And also, check out their events. Once a month, they got the bikes, babes, and barbecue bikinis, all that stuff. Free barbecue. They got a ride to Petco Park coming up. And they always are having all kinds of cool uh, events there. Go check them out on Instagram El Cajon Harley or Facebook or El Cajon Harley.com. Check them out. My favorite bikers, El Cajon Harley. Let's get into the episode here. It is Monday. Uh, had an uh, amazing weekend. I, um, yeah, what did I do? Uh, yesterday, I went to this incredible Porsche event that is on its fourth year, and it's an event I couldn't even pronounce. I had to hit up my boy uh, Porsche Punks, Rockabilly J, and ask him how to, how to pronounce it, and uh, it's... Uh, Lufkagult. Lufkagult is what it's called. I'm hoping that's what it is. But look them up on uh, Instagram, L-U-G, oh, sorry, L-U-F-T-G-E-K-U-H-L-T. Um, and check that out, what it was about. It is unbelievable. This thing was put on by Patrick Long and Howie Idelson, and it was just an insane event. It's crazy to think only four years in, and these guys had over a thousand air cooled Porsche 911s, 914s, uh, 912s. Uh, it just, it's just insane. I mean, check them on Instagram, but look at the photos I posted up and, and look at the hashtags. It's incredible, man. Uh, Rod Emery was out there with his 356s, which is insane. He, he was dominating the show with just crushing crushing uh outlaw porsches and of course my boy magnus walker was out there and that, that guy's a fucking superstar uh you know and and it's just incredible 
how uh, fire these cars are. They've just lit fire. Uh, the 911s are going through the roof, and I recommend if you plan on getting one, you better get it now because it's going to end up like Ferrari, where uh, the lowest Ferrari now is, you know, 75 grand, like a, a three, 308, the Magnum PI model. Just, you know, five years ago, you could get that on eBay for like 25, 30 grand, and now they're 75, 100 grand. So the 911s are just, uh, they're just, they're going through the roof, the air-cooled, you know, 64 through 98. Those are the ones, and uh, those are also the handmade ones. After 98, it goes to water-cooled and no longer hand-built uh, robots and uh, machinery putting those cars together, which they are still fantastic, uh, amazing cars. You can get a 911 right now, a, a killer used one from like early 2000s for like 30 grand. And, uh, you know, the price of a Prius and, and is just a smoking machine. And, and by the way, I saw a lot of great 911s out there for sale yesterday. And uh, as the economy might start to take a nosedive again with what's going on out there, would be a good time to just snatch one up. Don't put your money in the bank and just let it sit there doing nothing. Or, you know, they say some of the great uh, investments are vintage guitars, which is 100% true, and um, vintage cars, you know, Mopar, uh, old Camaros, old Porsche 911s, old Ferraris, which are completely out of the question now. But, you know, I always think old Rolexes, vintage Rolexes. You know, if you have just a little bit of money or if you have no money, whatever, uh, you know, sell everything you got and get something fucking cool that's slowly going up in money instead of just stashing your money away and being bored. Like, yeah, my money's over there. I'm getting uh, I'm getting forty dollars a month on this uh, on this interest investment here. It's like, yeah, who cares? You could die next week. Get something you enjoy. And uh, go live your life. Even vintage Harley Davidsons, an old knucklehead, an old BMW air-cooled motorcycle, an old Ducati. Something you enjoy. Old BMX bikes. I'm just naming shit I love. <laughs> yeah, go get some stuff, man. Old Macintosh fucking uh, stereo equipment. It's true, man. All the handmade stuff. All that shit has soul. And that's why it goes through the roof, because people realize one day, hey, this new shit sucks. You know, it's all bells and whistles, but it doesn't have any soul. So get yourself something, man. Or if you don't have any money to get anything, just go enjoy these events. I was realizing that today. There was so many great cars there, and it was like 20 bucks to get in and just walked around and just to see these pieces of art, man. You know, it's just mind-boggling to think about how cool of cars, how cool of a car the Porsche 911 really is. And I've had Magnus on and Rod Emery, and uh, I plan to have other people on, hopefully one day Singer. Just all these people that uh, know everything about these cars. I was like trying to dive down the rabbit hole, and I realized at 51 years old, 
my brain just doesn't have the capacity that it did like when I was 30 and wanted to learn all about vintage guitars. I knew every fucking thing about it. Or if I wanted to know everything about, uh, you know, Rolex watches. And as you get older, you're like, man, this is too much shit here. <laughs> I, I got to keep brain space for these uh, comedy bits. But I'm, I'm trying to learn all the different 911s, the, you know, the SCs, the S, the E, the 912, the 911, uh, the 993, the, the, the 964, the 996, all this stuff. And it's, it's great to, uh, it's great for late night rabbit hole diving when you're sitting there and you can't sleep and you're going, fuck, man. You know, one of those, you're worried about shit. Fuck it. Just jump on the internet and, and learn. And next thing you know, you'll fall asleep. Anyway, that was uh, my, um, my Sunday, and it was fantastic. And I uh, can't wait for number five. I'm sure it's going to eventually end up at like Dodger Stadium or something because this show is just getting massive. And the, uh, the, uh, the, new, the new freaks are coming out every week. I uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, let's see what's going on here. My guest today is an incredible guest. He was the third guest ever on Let There Be Talk, and he was one person uh, that really helped me in my comedy career, and I've learned a lot from this man, and uh, he's a great friend of mine, and he always busts my balls, as you'll know on this, or you'll hear on this episode. Uh, that's what I love about him, man. He is funny as fuck, and he's got that kind of New York flavor as far as ball busting, you know? Uh, some people say the L.A. scene's kind of soft. You can't bust balls, you know? People get all angry and stuff. But um, it's great to have guys like this around because uh, if they're busting your balls, you know they love you, and that is a true story. My guest today is Mr. Eric Griffin. Uh, you know and love him from the Workaholics, also, uh, he's got a brand new show coming out on Showtime. He stops by and talks all about it called I'm Dying Up Here. And it was a book wrote about the 70s comedy scene at the comedy store. And if you haven't read this book, you can pick it up on eBay for a couple bucks. I did when I first started comedy. And it is an incredible story. And I remember when I first read it, I was like, wow, how is this not a movie or a TV show? Um, I'm Dying Up Here comes out June 4th on Showtime, and there's plenty of pr uh, free codes out there. You can preview it, and you can also check out Eric Griffin's brand new one-hour special that'll be on in June on Showtime. So a double whammy, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode because Eric is fucking funny, and uh, he talks all about how this show got made. Uh, the great... Um, Jim Carrey had it made. You know, Jim Carrey, of course, the world-famous, super-funny king of comedy from um, my favorite is still Spotless Mind, but Pet Detective and all his great films. And, of course, In Living Color, some of the greatest sketches ever done, Fire Marshal Bill, all that stuff, man. Uh, Jim Carrey's the guy that got it made. Andrew Santino, a friend of mine, is on it. Of course, the great Al Magical, who is the owner, uh, co-owner of All Things Comedy, which this podcast is uh, on the network with my man Bill Burr. Anyway, Eric was great, 
And I hope you enjoy it. Follow him after. And don't listen to him about his goddamn hashtags. <laughs> I love it, man. Before I do go, just give you a quick rundown. I want to give a shout out for the uh, donation. Carl Thomas donated to the podcast on Patreon. Thank you, Carl Thomas. If you want to donate to uh, the podcast, you can email me, deandelray at yahoo.com, or just hit patreon.com slash deandelray and throw a little paper at the podcast. It helps. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by my brand new Rolex sponsor, St. Cross Jeweler. If you live in L.A., don't get your Rolex anywhere else. Go to the official Rolex dealer, St. Cross Jeweler in Koreatown. Ask for my boy Andy. Give him a call, 213-738-0808. They are the official Rolex dealer and official Rolex sponsor of Let There Be Talking. You know how I love watches, man. These guys have the official Rolex dealership. None of that gray dealership going on. This is all brand new Rolex official with the five-year warranty and everything. They are a great dealer. They got every watch on the planet in there. They also have Panerai. Check them out, St. Cross. Uh, some upcoming shows before I go. Rock on the Range. I'll be on the Metallica Day, May 21st. That's going to be great. Uh, oh, just get, June 8th through the 10th, Brea Improv. I will be with Joey Diaz. June 14th through the 18th, House of Comedy in Minnesota. Toronto, what is that? Uh, Toronto is going to be July, dun, 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 July 27th uh, through the 29th. Oh, this just in, Boston. Going to be at uh, in Boston on June 29th, one night only, and I'll get all that info going. Let me uh, get it real quick. What is the name of this damn club? Uh, <laughs> I'm so together here. The, the gig just got booked, so here it is right here. The club is called. Are you ready to get your tickets to see me at Nick's Comedy Stop in Boston, 100 Warrington Street? That's going to be one night only, Thursday, June 29th. Do not miss that, Boston. And then from there, I will be in New York City all of July. I love you guys. Keep the candles lit and enjoy this episode with Mr. Eric Griffin. All right, here we are. Another episode of Let There Be Talk. Oh, great guest today, Eric Griffin. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I haven't been on since the <laughs> number three. You were number, number three. three. Then it's I... like, then it's like the podcast takes off after that. <laughs> I never forgot. I and said, I'm not hey. back for 10 years. I said, episode three. And you're like, oh, great. No one's <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I come when it's like just starting. And then now when like, I don't even know what's 350. Happening. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, Three, yeah. 350 total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fucking. Well, you, know, you know, it's been five years. Oh my god! Can you fucking believe that, Eric? Oh my god! <laughs> five years, man. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, think back to that. Like five years, what you were probably just starting workaholics. No. No. Were you on it yet? Yeah, we're on our seventh season. Oh wow, seven seasons. So how many years is that? Seven. <laughs> I didn't know if I didn't know if they did like two a year. No, you know no, what I mean? no, no. 
Wow. So wait, seven? I've been doing comedy seven years. No, it didn't air till like 2011. Yeah, because I started uh, 2010. The end of 2010, I think. Wow, man. Yeah, seven seasons. And it's ending, huh? It's done. It's done. done. Yeah, finished. Yeah. You know, it's like that, it had a night we had a good run and then now it's, you know. Yeah, what a great run. And also you got great friends out of it. Like you hang with Adam all the time. You guys go to Clippers games and stuff. Oh, don't bring up my Clippers. <laughs> oh, ha, 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 ha. you want to talk some Golden State Warriors? No, nobody <laughs> wants to talk to Golden Oh man. It's Bay Area fucks, man. <laughs> Golden State Warriors. Man, it, you know, it's. I'm so glad you did it because uh, I think about all the fucking uh, like fun times I've had with you. It's just been insane, dude. I, mean, I know it's. Oh my god, is, uh, I can't even believe it. Right? Yeah. I think right. our. I think I think got to be our best moment together has got to be when we went to go see that movie, that Bill Murray movie. Oh my god! Yeah. What's the name of it? We, uh, Saint Saint Vincent. Yeah, we're doing uh Ontario Improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch Saint Vincent, and we're yeah. just you know. And, it, and we think we're going to see a comedy. <laughs> I feel good. We're gonna go laugh before our show. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like at the end of the movie, it's like, oh man, it was like. Just two grown ass men crying in this theater. Yeah. I, I, I hear this. Yeah. And I look over and I'm trying to hide. I'm crying. You know, I'm badass Delray over here. And I look and you're crying. You go, and you said something like, oh, I didn't know we were going to get a, a, a cry today. Yeah, <laughs> and then man. we had to go do comedy. Or we yeah, were just that, was, like, that was something else. God, that's a great movie, right? Yeah, that was it. Was good. I thought it was gonna like be uh, more maybe awarded. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I thought that that would be. But it like... just yeah you know, came and went. You know, but it was still a great movie. Yeah. But that was just like one of those moments. You know, going to see movies on the road with Del Rey. Oh my God! We've also I never forget we went to see movies in San Jose at that shitty movie theater that recently closed. I sent you the photos. They've oh, been, I know. I was just there. You know, yeah, you I was were just, just there. there too. Yeah, they just closed. Yeah, I don't and know. And when you doing. walk by, they still got the posters up from when they closed. So it's been about a year now. So yeah. it's got like a maybe that Mark Wahlberg stepdad one or whatever. Oh, right, so right, that, right. That poster's ah. up. Yeah, but you and I went and saw that movie. And Man, uh, so long ago. I know. I remember it was so funny. There was a cardboard cutout of Wahlberg and whoever else. Uh, who's in the movie? Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell. And somebody, it was, that movie theater was a ghost town, remember? They had one employee. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a one na- nightmare movie theater. Like 20 theaters. Yeah, but downtown San Jose is just like, oh, it's, like a, you know, it's, it's not the best. No, 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 no. There's you know? nothing to do. There's nothing to do down there. And now there really isn't anything to do because there's no movie theater yeah. right there. So that I had to like, oh, I got to tell you a story. I was just in San Jose, right? Yep. So I get in an Uber to go to the um, this theater. And something happens to my phone. So when I first, I get into the Uber and the guy recognizes me. So yeah. he's immediately like, oh man, Montez, this is great. Yeah. You know, what are you doing here? He's like, you know, talkie, talkie, talkie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're headed to the, the mall where this movie theater is and something happens to my phone. Like where I can't get any signal. And I restarted it like three times. And then I'm telling him, I'm like, oh my God, something's up with my phone. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, because how am I going to get back? And this okay. guy goes... Well, I can go to the movies with you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this oh is like su- super sort of weird, uh, you know. Weird Uber date. Uber driver's like, I'll go to the movies with you. And I was like, uh, I-, I was like, 
okay. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I said, whatever, you know. So he parks the car and we walk to the and we go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we're watching the movie and then we walk to the we go there was actually a T Mobile store in this mall. Yeah. So we go to the T Mobile store and I'm in there for like forty five minutes and he's just hanging out, you know what I mean? Wow. He's telling everybody, he's like, Oh yeah, it's the guy from workaholics and whatever. I'm hanging with Montez. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and then yeah, he yeah. like we get in the car. It's not like I even called the Uber. He just took me back to the hotel. Yeah. You know, and then he was supposed to come to the show, you know, but I don't think he, he, he I think his wife, but he wasn't like weird, like where I felt like I was in danger or it was like too familiar type of weird. Yeah. It's just the suburbs when they see a celebrity. I mean, it's yeah, got to be weird when you're in another city, you know what yeah, I mean? Like the guy just, I've seen it before where you're with a guy like you and we're just at the mall and they go, hey, hey, Montez. Yeah, I what mean, are you that's doing weird here? as fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, like yeah. in Oklahoma. You yeah, know? so but that was just like one of my that was the weirdest Uber experience I've ever had. <laughs> you went to the movie. Did went he, to the movies with this did Uber leave driver. The meter on? Yeah, oh, no, yeah no, that'd have been hilarious. <laughs> You're fucking during a surge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You saw a seven thousand dollar movie. <laughs> no, nah, but it was uh yeah, that was weird. But it was like nothing like I said, you now there's nothing to do. I mean, I guess that museum is right there if you yeah. really wanted to do that. But I mean, it's like Burr and I went to that shitty mall. They 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 call the up the up uh, you know the upper class mall or whatever. I forget what it's called. There's a I didn't I went to the mall that like the guy told me oh this isn't the best mall. Oh yeah, that's what the guy was telling me. This isn't the best area. But it was like you know when you don't know when you're not from a city and you're there and yeah. you, you you put something in your phone you, you know you just Google some stuff and you just go oh okay here's the AMC or wherever it is you just go you don't yeah, even they need know ghetto that. alert right yeah 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 they really do man <laughs> ghetto alert because I can see that happening in L A like if somebody comes to L A and they're just like looking for something and they, they end up in like Watts or yeah, yeah. You know, Crenshaw or something you'd be like hey what are you doing over there well yeah. my my Google so I feel like when I go to cities I'm not sure what the bad neighborhoods are yeah. Now, uh, it's funny because you see a lot of movies, and I, I really remember, um, uh, I think, a turning point in your comedy for me was, I remember Steve Henry and I used to watch you all the time, you know, in the back, and uh, it was really, when you get to that bit, get your baby, bitch, that bit really, to me, felt like, oh, here's like, a, a, it was a full, a different Eric Griffin to me, you know? <laughs> You know well, what I'm that saying? was for my, uh, but then I end up doing all that on my half hour on Comedy Central. Right, but I'm just saying that bit hour. really, uh, really t turned the style of material you were doing. Because before that, you were kind of a, w would you say like a dirty comic? Uh, not really. I mean, I not not necessarily. It just depends on the mood. Right. It depends on where you are. You know, I just like you know, it just became a thing where, you know, if I saw something. And I, uh, well, you got flies all over the place here, Delray. <laughs> I, I had the fucking door open waiting for you. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. So this is the first time flies have come in is yeah, today yeah, when yeah. you just open the you door. You bring them in, pig pen oh, style. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Delray ain't shit, everybody. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just like, you know, I like, uh, now I start, now I would say, like, you know, this is just my observation on whatever I, just the way my mind works. So if I'm looking at something like that, and it makes me think of something, and then now I take that right to stage. 
So that's all it really is. It's like I just saw, you know, Fast and the Furious. Right. And then so now I, I you know, I see that and I, I don't, it's like there's no realism in this movie. So if something like that happens in a movie, you know, you know, he's like driving a car 180 miles an hour and jumps out of it with a tank top and doesn't get hurt. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? When I see that, I go, oh, what? Like, yeah, I can, now I can go right on stage and talk about it. And that's just where, that's just my style now, you know. And then you just, what you do is you just start riffing it, and do you record the sets to hear what's working? Sometimes, but but I feel like I have so many sets that I do in a week at the comedy store and right. the Laugh Factory that I just keep doing them so it, it sort of feels natural. So I'm not saying the, necessarily the same thing every single time, but it's like the sentiment and like... The bullet points. The bullet points are there, so then it makes it feel fresh every time I say it. Right. But then eventually you just you just lock in. Because it just becomes like, this is what really works. And then you end up... You remember. Yeah, after 10 times, you yeah. go, oh, this is this is it. Yeah, yeah. You better remember. <laughs> this is the bit. <laughs> you, you definitely remember the bad parts. You're like, this yeah, ain't yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny like that. It's funny that you do remember the bad parts and not the good parts. Because so, I hate that when you have something, you go, oh, what was that? What did I say that, well, that worked so well? That's why you should record. You should try to record every time, really. But yep. not just record, you got to listen to it also. Yeah, it's true. I record every set, and then if uh, if it's a bad one, I listen. If it's a good one, I don't need to listen to it. Oh, you so know you, what so I mean? you listen to a lot of tapes then? Yeah, oh, <laughs> fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you spend a lot of time listening to <laughs> Oh, Del Rey's just in here just listening to tapes oh, all the time. Oh, we're going to go like that, huh? <laughs> First of all, how old are you, tapes? <laughs> yeah, uh, with, you know you're the oldest person in this building. Don't even. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no, now, have you? Uh, here's the thing. I just re-recorded uh, a record this weekend, and and I I, I start thinking about okay. I really want to discipline and just start working really all this new stuff, you know? Once you start doing that and you're out, you, you kind of eat it for a little while, right? Um, not necessarily. I mean, unless it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like if you have a certain sensibility, you, if you know how you think about things, then it's not necessarily going to be an eat it situation because it's like your personality, you know? It's like you're talking about something that, that's just how it is for me. It's like right. I feel like I'm just a naturally funny person. You know, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. just like a funny face. And so I can go on stage and just talk about something that just happened. Like, I can leave a movie theater and go right into the comedy club and I can talk about it, you know? And that fresh energy and how I'm talking about it, people are, you know, they, people are going to enjoy that. But when it comes to like honing in something, you know that then it takes me some time and I can figure out what I'm going to say. But not everybody's like that. Like some people are more of a wordsmith and they want the things to be said a certain way. So if you're someone like that, if you don't have the words yet, so maybe you it, it might not go as well as you wanted to. But you know you're riding on your personality. That's supposed to that's the performance, right? You know, so absolutely. The, so the performance is going to help this bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. At first. So it's like you know all performance as opposed to words, and then you have you find a balance. But some people are different. Like like Seinfeld is a wordsmith. Yeah, know? exactly. Those are you, he, tinkers it nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I know it's going to be said. The pauses are going to be in the same spot, and there's certain word choices. And so, but other people are like more performance driven. You know. 
You ever have a bit, and I ask people this every comic that's on because it happens to me a lot, where the bit just kills for like a year and then it just doesn't work anymore. Because the reason I brought that up is like somebody like Seinfeld, they'll do a set for a couple years, you know, and I, I wonder how they do that and it works still. Do you ever have that happen? Well, I mean, it, that's just, you. I think, you, you know, we just fall out of love with what we're doing. You know, it just becomes so monotonous or it just becomes like, ugh, I'm going to say this again. So, you know, you just, you, you, I just feel like you really got to love this, you know, you got to love the, you know, the, the repeating and yeah. saying the same thing over and over again and enjoying the process, you know, you just have to enjoy the process and then you won't because, because a bit doesn't get stale. You get stale. Yeah. The bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, but have you ever went to the bit like an emergency? Like, oh shit, it's not going good. I'm going to go to this old classic and I'll get out of this. And then it doesn't work. You know what? That really doesn't happen to me like, like that. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I've seen your act, so I know why that would happen. Oh, fuck <laughs> you, man. <laughs> I was, I was referring to you. Vince. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> referring to me? <laughs> You, you go to the, you go to the tick bit up there, right? Oh my god, I love you! Yeah, oh man, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go to the tick bit right now. Yeah, oh my god, god damn, man. Okay, so when I started at the store, um, of course, there's this book uh, dying up here, and I read the book, and I'm like, God, man, this is. Uh, this is an amazing book. It's it's really like this whole story of the comedy store back when it started and uh, the insanity of all these big stars that were uh, coming out. Yeah, who weren't even stars yet. Though. Not yet. Yeah, yeah like Letterman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Jim Carrey, all Ken those guys. Kinnison and all those Kinnison, people. Kinnison, yeah. And, um, you know, the strike and all that. And I'm reading it, and I remember, uh, and I think if you're going to start doing comedy and you're coming around the store, you must read this book to understand the history of the place. Yeah, if you, well, if you're into that. If you're know. into being, if, being serious. Yeah, you if know. you're into like, you know, well, if you're into like knowing the history of, I mean, because it's like a lot of the comedy places in L.A. have a, have a rich history. Yeah, know? absolutely. You know, the, even the Ice House, you know, the Ice House, the Hollywood Improv, you know, you see those pictures when you go in the wall, you see like, you know, when Bud Freeman and they used to hang out and they used to do evening at the Improv and, you know, so there was a, like a lot of, um, it's a lot of history in L.A. for for comedy, but in particular the comedy store and all the people that were going there at the time. Yeah, that was like a, the golden, the golden, the golden age right there, man. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So when I mean, they decided to do this show, you know, I think a lot of people have wanted to do a show about this, but and I think even I think I don't know if Jim Carrey. I think I believe he just optioned the rights. Jim to, Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey's the producer of this show that I'm on, and. Um, yeah, man. It's a, but it's not really. It's not if you if you've read the book, don't expect to see right. Yeah, because I uh, saw the first two episodes, and which, by the way, they're incredible, man. Like I was like, I need to see more of this, man. <laughs> yeah. Like I was ready to binge watch the fuck out of this. You know what I mean? Because I was yeah. like, all right, I'm on board, and. Um, but I did notice immediately, I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, the pilot was immediately a, a, a hair off from the book right away. So you know, okay, there's going to be some different stuff here. Yeah, because, of, again, like, you know, we have our own fictional place in the, in, the, in the show called Goldie's, you know. So Melissa Leo plays Goldie, that's, which is like the Mitzi character. But, uh, you know, it's a great cast. You know, it's Melissa Leo, uh, Steve Garino, Andrew Santino, Al Madrigal. 
um, Clark Duke, Michael Agriano, Ari Grainer, Jake Lacey. Um, you know, it's just a great, you know, yep. RJ Seiler, who is the kid from, the black kid from uh, Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. And now he's, he, he's great. Is he the kid with the priest? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. What yeah. a great, that guy's great. Yeah, he's really, he's really good. This young kid, he's got such great energy. And, you know, the whole cast, we really get along. Well, that's the, that's my favorite thing about working on that show is just how we all just got along. And I think that's just, I think I've spoiled even from Workaholics because being on Workaholics, I had a really good camaraderie with everybody on the show, you know, especially the girls, you know, um, Jillian Bell and Mary Beth Monroe. Like we were, we were, you know, we're still buddies. We still hang out. And obviously, I like, still go to the games with Adam. And, you know, it's like that kind of camaraderie, you know, I knew it should be like that. So going over to this show, because I remember like when I, you know, tested for the show, I walked into the room and there's Andrew Santino and him and I just started like, yep, yeah, like, well, what's up, man? We just having a good time in there. And all the other people that were in there were like, yeah. you can just tell they're, they're all like, stiff. stiff and nervous. They didn't have any brotherhood. Yeah, they had no brotherhood. And him and I were already just like having a good time and, you know, going into the, you know, we, we, we both found out like 30 minutes later that we booked the show. After, wow. After that, you know what I mean? So how was, many auditions? Let's see. Well, the real, if I want to, I think the real audition, the real first audition was, you know, I was at the comedy store like on a Tuesday. It was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And, you know, I'm about to go on. Yep. And Adam, you know, Egid, the manager, yep. he walks up to me and he's like, I'm, I'm just about to go on. The blue light's on. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, Jim Carrey's here. Wow. And I go, <laughs> but I remember going, is he going to bump me? Yeah. Then I got mad. Like in my head, I was mad. Yeah. Because I was like, what the fuck is Jim Carrey doing here? <laughs> you know, what's he trying to do comedy for? He got $200 million. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was so mad about it. But like in my head, like instantly, like yeah, yeah. fast. And he was like, I don't think he's going up. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, then what the fuck are you telling me for? I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was already mad because yeah, yeah. You know, that was my state of mind. So I go up. I have a great set. I really did. And then that, that's. What I didn't know is that they were there scouting comics for the show. Wow. You know? Wow. And so does he come up to you after? No, no, no. I didn't talk to them after, but I got an audition the next day. Wow. So the next day I went in. So I had that one audition, and then they, I got some notes, you know? I think it was like they wanted to see, like, they, you know, the note was, look, we already know you're funny. We already know you could do the stand-up, but we need you to, we need to see some levels because this show is going to be dramatic. Wow. You know, so I was like, okay, so that was a great note to get, you know, went home, worked on the thing again. Then I went to the producer session, and then I had to test in front of the Showtime people and, you know, booked a show. That's nerve-wracking, right? Um, this process wasn't really that nerve wracking. I've been through worse situations. Like you, you normally like, because they put the money up on the table, right? You sign the deal. No, no, this was it was different with Showtime. But they do do it. Like but that on usually. network shows, yeah, I've done like some network shows. That it, that can be nerve wracking, where you have to like sign this contract, and it's like, here's the money you possibly could make, yeah. for the next seven years. You know what I mean? You know, then you like, you, then you have to just wait and find wait and find out. So that does that is pretty sucky. But this one was a smooth process. Right. So you get the part, and then 
how do they uh, decide to create your look? Because you've got this great 70s look. Of course, it's set in the 70s, so you've got a fro. Yeah. but You've I think got they, some slacks. You know, I didn't even know they wanted it to be like that. You know, cause I'm very multi-ethnic. You right. know, I'm very multi. I have a lot of, you know, different backgrounds in me, you know. But the one they wanted the most is like, is this black guy from the 70s? Right. So, you know, I was surprised when they said, well, you know, they, that, they must have thought, talked about it. Because yes. then I get in there and I have to wear this big afro. Yeah. You know? Which and I was like, whoa, what is this? You know, but it, you know, it was great. I mean, but it was like that was that became tedious, like having to be in hair and makeup for so long. Because usually I'm in there for like five minutes. Yeah, just you a know, little powder. Yeah, yeah, Montez yeah. Montez goes in. Yeah, yeah, boom, 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 and yeah. I'm done. You know, yeah. this was this is one of the first shows I've ever seen where the men were taking longer than the women in the makeup chair. Wow. So you're getting to the set like a couple hours early. Sometimes, depending on the schedule. So you know, it, it was a it was a lot. Sometimes it'd be like over an hour. Wow. Put it on. Because another thing that's weird is, you know, I had those mutton chops too. Yeah, yeah. So you would think that's hair, but that's actually not. It's actually makeup. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's it's what, so they weird. they draw them on you? No, 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 no. It's like, no, it's just, it's just certain things, certain things on the face, like from the ear down. Yeah. Is makeup. Wow. And then, you know. This shit look real. Ear up is uh, hair. hair. So they had to like, so you have to go do hair, then you have to go over to the other people. Have them put your makeup and the and the sideburns on, and then go back to hair so they can blend it. It was a it was a whole big thing, man, yeah. a whole big ordeal. But you know, it was um it was it was a pleasant experience. I really enjoyed it, and being on the set with Melissa Leo was great. I mean, it was like having a master teacher on set with you. You know, she was very like gracious about you know her her experience with acting and like if she had a little gem to give you about acting she would she's it, the Mitzi character yeah the Mitzi she's girl. killing it yeah Melissa Leo she won an Oscar for the fighter oh um, man all right yeah yeah so we got an Oscar winner on the show you know and so she um and then she actually did another movie she did a movie and got me a part in the movie really yeah this movie called furlough and it's got like Whoopi Goldberg, Tessa Thompson. Uh, after Anna, the show? After the show. I just got back from New York like a month ago, and I did I did a, a part in that movie. So, you know, it was a good camaraderie amongst, uh, like I said, amongst the, the people on the show. But, you know, the show comes out June 4th on Showtime. Uh, June 4th on Showtime. Um, I'm dying up here. You know, this, this 70s drama, dramedy, you know. And, you know, people should watch it. And then after that, and then also I did an hour special, which that comes out July 7th. Yeah. So I got my hour special and the show when, all on Showtime. On? July showtime? 7th. Oh, Showtime. July 7th on Showtime. So they released the show first and then, you know, let four, like a few episodes air. And my um, special comes out. So Now, is that the one you shot at the Laugh Factory in uh, Long Beach? Yeah. At the Long Beach Laugh Factory, you know, it was like kind of long ago, but you know, it, because it's Showtime, they wanted to release it with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I had to wait; it has to sit on the shelf until they're ready, because they got Billions, Twin Peaks, Gorilla. They got a bunch of shows they're coming out with right now. So Showtime's moving up, you know. Oh, show, Twin they, Peaks, man, I'm fired up for that. Yeah, they got a bunch of, uh, you know, they they have the app. You know, they have like, you know, their Showtime Anytime app. They're getting a bunch more subscriptions because of the success of Billions. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, look out for it. If you don't got Showtime now, you should get it. Because they got a bunch of free trials going on right now. I think, And then, you know, Al Madrigal, my buddy Al Madrigal. Oh, this Friday. Yeah, this Friday, his uh, special comes Shrimpin out. Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Yeah, yeah. Shrimpin' Ain't Easy got his special. And then 
Uh, I think I forgot what Andrew Santino's special is called. I think it's called Hometown Kid or something like that. But you know, he's from Chicago, so he filmed his special in Chicago, and his special comes out June second. So we got Al Madrigal May fifth, uh, Andrew Santino June second, and then my special comes out July seventh, and we're all on the show together. We play comics on I'm Dying Up Here on Showtime again June fourth. Oh man, now. Uh, <clears throat> They built the set somewhere. I, I saw the... Uh, yeah, we did. We were in Culver City. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and, and it's a cool... It, it's kind of Comedy Store main room, right? Because um, it's the big booths. It's It seemed like it, but yeah. it was... Uh, it really... Man, that was a beautiful set. I mean, we kept saying, man, we should do a show here. We should, like, invite people here, you know, and, and like... you know, it do was a stand-up just, show. Yeah, do a stand-up show. I mean, like, and then, you know, and it's like we had the extras, and there was a lot of extras there every single day. You know, it was a lot to make the show, and a lot of times, you know, when we're on stage, you know, in between takes, you know, you got a comic on stage with a microphone. So right. You know, so you know it's going to happen. You know, but it was... Um, you know, a lot of times it's hard to capture stand-up comedy in, in you know, in you know, fake stand-up comedy. It's hard Absolutely. to it's hard to capture the what the real thing is. And I feel like they did a really good job. You oh, know? I watched it and not once did I I mean, I was like, it felt so real. Like when Al brings up uh or he gets brought up with this horrible intro. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I love that scene too. That's yeah, a great And you're yeah. just kinda like, Oh man, yeah, you yeah. know, like the guy's fucking him right now. But and everything felt so real the way yeah. she's Selected people, you're on first, and you're like, I'm a fucking host, you know. I got host, you yeah. Know? It was a, there was a lot of there was a lot of um, yeah, there was a lot of passion, and like you know, you really felt like, and that was because of like because we had a few comics, me, my, my myself, Andrew, Al, we we're comics. So. Were you guys giving notes like that? No, yeah, 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 all the time. Like there'd be things like we'd be like, you know, there's a scene where the, the director might be like, oh, we want to, we're talking in the back of the room. Yeah. You know, we're having a scene while someone's on stage. And we would always say, we wouldn't do this. Yeah, you wouldn't talk. We would never talk while someone was on stage, you know. But the directors, they don't care. They just care about the shot, you know. Yeah. This looks nice right here, you know what I mean? So we we, we kind of fought for a lot of things like that, you know. Or I would be like, like, I, like, I, like if I'm the MC, I'd be like, I wouldn't stand here, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we, like, we, we had some good input. You know, we tried to make it as authentic as possible. But you know, it still is a show. It's a Hollywood show. Yeah, yeah. So they had to do their thing too. So there was a I think there was a good balance. Yeah, because you know, it felt real to me because like I played music all my life and when I watched Almost Famous, I was like, finally, a movie that really felt real. There was no like right, Man, right. that would never happen, you know what I mean? So when I'm watching this, I was like, Yeah, this feels great. Not once did I I I felt like, Oh yeah, this is just the store. It just looks different. It felt like that to me. You know what really felt real though was the kitchen part. That felt like the comedy store kitchen, you know, in the old days. They got the kitchen. You, oh, right, right, right. With yeah, the TV the right there. Yeah. We're just sitting there, like, yip-yapping in the kitchen. Yeah, it really felt like, like I said, like I said, you know, I want comics to like it. Yeah. I really want comics to watch it and get a feeling of, like, oh, man, that, you know, that that's what we do now. Or that's, you know. And then I just want... To, the regular people just to feel like they're seeing something special, like they're seeing yeah. something like, oh man, this is like the inside, you know, because it's like I said, it gets really heavy at some points, 
Look, the ep- the first episode, look how heavy that is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's dramatic right. happens in the first episode. Yeah, you know? you're just kind of like, whoa. You know, yeah, I know. So, I mean, for real, whoa. You know? Yeah, so you have like, you know, so the whole season isn't like that. There's ups and downs. Yeah. And they, you, know, you know, they mix it up well. But there's a lot of things, you know, you really find out about these people. It's not necessarily about stand-up comedy. It's about these people and their experience and how they maneuver through relationships and and Hollywood and Hollywood and, 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 and tragedies and, yeah. and the families the whole second episode with uh the the, the uh, relationship between Santino and his father was it's so great. real yeah the, the dad's just fucking yeah, that could have been a show on its own you yeah know what I mean? yeah there's a lot of stuff yeah I'm telling you there's a lot of stuff like that that's what's great about the show like everybody's got I think that Clark Duke and Mike Agriano to play these two kids that come from Boston their oh, storyline is great oh those like, guys like the, sleeping I, in the closet. Yeah, and and which is what that's a direct story from Jim Carrey. Really? Yeah, that's a that's a Jim Carrey story. He slept in a closet when he first got to LA. Wow. So that's why, you know, that's what I'm saying. So the, it's loosely based off the book, and a lot of it is based off Jim Carrey's own experiences, you know. So a lot of things that happen in the show, like a lot of things that happen in the show are direct stories from someone. Yeah. It's someone's story, you know. So everything it's not they didn't just make up stuff. A lot of it was like, well, that happened to so and so, and this happened to so and so. So yep. a lot of things that, uh, you know, you know, the, like there's some arrests and there's some, you know, there's deaths and there's like uh, drama that happens, and you know, we deal with a oh, lot of issues. Oh, it's dark. I love it. We deal with a lot of issues. We deal with race. We deal with uh, a, a big issue at the time too was females in comedy. You know, yeah. This is, this is like a this is like the the real start of that. Women having their own opinions and finally trying to have a female perspective this is you know start that's those days elaine boozler and uh yeah. you know, joan rivers and, no, and those people that just really came and that's what ari grainer on the show is really portraying and she does a great job she's amazing when she has that turning point yeah you know and it's funny thing about her and some of the other people on the show that are just actors they actually some of them went to open mics they had, they went to real open mics and worked on this the the, the, the stage performance so wow you know we have some we have some really like you know, professional actors like that that really delved in to really get the, the stand-up experience. So it was just great. And by the end of the show, man, we were just all just the camaraderie. I can't tell you. I can't gauge if the show was good or not because I'm so close to it. Like, oh, I, I loved it, You know, it was man. such it, a rewarding experience. So I just hope people enjoy the show. I, I absolutely loved it. And I was just like, I got to see this whole thing. Um how many is there? Thirteen. Ten. Well, only, the first season's only ten, and I hopefully the second season will be twelve or thirteen. Yeah, and you're doing a second season. Oh, well, I mean, they. I don't know. Yeah. So that's why I need people come. You know, all you Dale Razors, get out there and watch the show. Yeah, yeah, Dale Razors. Yeah, you know, let's get all the three hundred and fifty of you. Oh fuck <laughs> you! Oh man, you you might need to see the numbers, son. <laughs> three hundred and fifty. All three hundred and fifty of you. We need you to. <laughs> Hey, right now, everybody tweet at Eric Griffin and make the presence known, man. You say, I'm hey, just saying, you. I'm hearing there's a lot of people listening, but I don't know that there's a lot of people listening. So, yeah, I'm going to need some follows and some, yeah, and some yeah. tweets. Yeah, yeah. Now, How about you hashtag we are here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, well, no, 1,000 fans. That's the hashtag. Oh, it is? Yeah, 1,000 fans. Hashtag 1,000 fans. Well, yep. Hashtag Dell Razors. Yep. Because they say if you have 1,000 true fans, 1,000 true fans is the hashtag, um, 
that you can do art your whole life. No oh, matter, wow. No matter what you're doing. That's the truth. Because if uh, a thousand of them, if they each spend about a hundred bucks, like, you know, a record or a T-shirt, a ticket and mm -hmm. everything, you could survive for uh, your whole life doing comedy. Oh, and and a thousand go. doesn't seem like much. But when you start to try to work it, you go, well, a thousand is like a yeah, lot. I know, I know. So it's crazy, what, right? So what number are you on, uh, Dean? I, I, probably I 86. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's everybody from his hometown. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Jim Carrey, I, I absolutely love him. Grew up, of course, on Jim Carrey to me was the Mach 2 of Comedy Wave to me, you know, sitting home watching In Living Color, all that stuff, uh, Fire Marshal Bill. I mean, it was just next level. It was Saturday Night Live times 10 yeah. out of nowhere. No one had ever seen anyone. Yeah, that was the heyday of that, huh? Yeah, right? Like the Wayans, you know, doing doing that two snaps yeah, and, and yeah. that handyman and all that. That shit is still some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen until Chappelle hell show you know what i mean right so jim carrey is he floating around on the set do you get the do you get to start knowing him or no, no well you know we had like this great cast dinner before we started shooting and he was like telling us a lot of stories that's how i found out about him living in the closet you know yeah. spot. you know he just was like he's just got a wealth of knowledge about comedy and just he, he just talked a lot about comedy you know that that's what was great. You know what I mean, and he just telling us these stories about Kennison and going to Cantor's. Like we go to Cantor's a lot in the show. Yeah, yeah I love that. That's the hangout spot because that was his hangout spot. You know, that's what they did. Yeah, it was Robin Williams and Cam Kennison and all these people would just go to Cantor's. So. That was pretty interesting. I love going to Cantor's. Still, you know, like and we filmed the pilot actually at Cantor's. Oh, there's a great scene out front, yeah, you know? Yeah, there's like a, some car, 70s cars Yeah, that's what they, that was like, man, that was a, I think that was an expensive part of the pilot because they shut down Fairfax. Wow. Can you imagine? At like, at like a really, like at like 10 a.m. on a Monday kind of wow. thing. Wow. Yeah, it was, I was like, wow, this is insane. That's like, like a main street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. ain't getting to the Grove without it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So we actually filmed, but then they, of course, we built a set at the, you know, for the show. Yeah. We built a Cantor set, but that was great. Every time we went into Cantor's on set, that was like a great feeling. Like it was like we knew it was going to be this like, this is our camaraderie time. Well, you guys you know? are, it reminds me of you and I when, when I first started comedy, me, you, and Yeah, we would always go to the one on one cafe. Yep, yep. It's exactly, it was exactly like that. So yeah. we had that. And it was, it was funny you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking about. I was like, man, this is, we do this. Yeah. The comics are still doing that. Like they leave the show and they go to some dive diner and they sit down and they would just talk shit and eat. You need it because you need yeah. to unwind. Either you had a great set or you had a bad set, but you really need that, right? And also, I've said it over and over and over. <clears throat> you um, really learn, uh, I did, I learned so much from you guys, not necessarily from on stage, but at those late night diner eatings, you know, of like hearing these nuggets you guys are talking about. Right, I'm like, right. oh, wow, I didn't know that happens or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Instead of going up to you going, hey, I'm new. Uh, how much do you get paid? And where yeah, do, who yeah. gets me on? And all that dumb shit in the hall, you know? Well, it's, you know, it's particularly special at the comedy store just because of the history and, you know, all that it takes to get in and the process and, you know, it, it's uh, you it's know, it's a badge of honor. Yeah, it really is. You know, so and I think that we kind of portrayed that well in the show too, of being like these, like these are the regulars. 
You know, we're like some of the regulars at this club, and these new people are here, and just the whole. It's really a, a amazing journey. So, like I said, I hope people want to watch it. You know, check it out. Yeah, give it a couple episodes and then see if you like it or not. Oh, they're gonna love it. June fourth. Is Jim Carrey on it at all? No, 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 no. And he was only on set a couple of times. Right, right. You know, he just he wasn't very hands on in terms of that. I think the 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 most. I think he did more work in the preparation for the show than he did for when when it was time to actually shoot the show. He's an interesting dude, man. Where because he's a lot like these guys that you think about, like Letterman. And uh, and him and uh, Eddie Murphy and 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 Steve Martin they did comedy and they really fucking exploded and then they never did it again you know well because I well I feel like someone like Jim Carrey was like I think comedy was wasn't enough I don't think stand up comedy was enough for him right you know what I mean like he needed a more four dimensional world you know like just so he can like really make make something come alive. Oh yeah, I mean, pet detective and all that yeah, shit, yeah, you man. know. Yeah. And what's the one where he's got the uh the the sons or whatever, that one and he's you know, he's got like three sons. God, what is that one what's called? What's that one? I don't even know, but he's, like, he's got a lot of amazing movies, you It's know? the one where he does like Clint Eastwood impression and stuff, no, I don't you know? know what that one, but I know Cable Guy yep. and of course, Spotless Mind is a masterpiece. Yeah, he's got some good drama. He got some saying he's got some good drama work too, but if yeah. you think about it, a lot of those guys did you know, um, you know, Robin Williams yeah, had a bunch of dramatic Academy work. Award. Yeah, yeah, you know, so there's something about it. So I think that, the, like I said, that's, I think that's, that was a big fight about the show was, is it a comedy or is it a drama? Yeah. And I always said, it's like, what, what is our highest percentage? Like, if, we, if you're going to go for awards, which one would it be? And I think the one, the, the award that we would most likely get would be for Melissa Leo. Yeah, yeah, you know? dramedy. You know, for drama, you know. So I think that's why they made that choice. I think, because I think we're going to be designated as a drama. That's good, man, because it is a drama. It's dark as fuck. Well, it's hard to get like a hour long comedy anyway, if you yeah. think about it. It's an hour, yeah. you know, and it's a real hour on yeah. uh, Showtime. Showtime. No commercials. So it's not like it's 45 minutes. And we're talking about this is like a, a solid 55, 56 minutes of, you know, nonstop, you know, stuff happening. So. It looks great too. Oh, it doesn't it look great? God oh damn, man, dude. it looks great. This thing looks so good. It looks like um, it's got that cool kind of amber tint, like a like a Godfather almost. You well, know, where we had it looks this guy, the deep. We, we had this DP from Finland. Yeah, uh, and he just like had this smoke. I call it the Finnish fog because. Every time before we shot, he would be like, "All right, we need to smoke." So this guy would come around with one of the smoke machines, yep. and he would just. Just, oh, it was the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really was gives the worst. It that, that nightclub 70s. Yes, man. Because they smoked and stuff. Yeah, so. you forget about that. So, guys oh, my God. So I had to smoke. Like, I don't smoke. Yeah. So I had to, like, you know, I was a, I was a you know, my Ralph, my character is a cigarette smoker. Ralph. Yeah, so I was Ralph. Now, Ralph fought Ralph Vietnam. Carnegie. Yeah, he's a Vietnam vet, you know. So there's this great episode five is a great episode because one of his Vietnam buddies come and. You know they have they deal with some issues, so you know, like I, I'm gonna I'm kind of lost in the pilot because they hadn't flushed out the character yet. Yeah. So, but as the season goes along, you're gonna really see this character, you know, blossom. And then my, you know, in the middle of it, you get to watch my special, which is July seventh. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's funny though is I watch. Uh, you say you're kind of lost, but I watched the first couple of episodes, and you're. I see so much Eric Griffin in there because you're you're just like a oh, me 
Man, you don't know what you're talking. Get the fuck out. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's so Eric. You know, like you're roasting dudes and stuff. You know, but you know? it was like, you know, I mean, it was just a little, you know, a little bit because like, I, it's not like I had any point of reference. Like, who is this person? Yeah, they don't really know. I mean, some of the other people. It's kind of like, oh, you know who this is? Like, this is like, you know, for Al Madrigal, it's like, that's Freddie Prince. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Bill, and Andrew Santino plays his name, the character's name is Bill, you know, and it's like, it's kind of Bill Hicksy, you know what I mean? A little yeah. Bill Hicksian, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then this other Stephen Garino is doing like a Robin Williams type guy. So it's like, there's like certain characters, but my character, you don't, they didn't know yet. I think yeah. that, I think that when they saw me at the comedy store, I think they just, oh, we want him. Like, we yeah. want that guy, you know what I mean? But in the seventies, yeah. So yeah, it's so great, man. I love it. Now, do you prefer acting over stand up, or just both? You're lucky to have both, right? Yeah, yeah, I want both. I mean, it's just you know, stand up's my first love. You know, I love doing stand up. I mean, I would never not want to do stand up, but acting is a whole different animal. I love that too. Yeah, you know, but it's it's long though, right? I know it's just the wait, and like you know, that's the you know, you get that immediate gratification with stand up. Yeah, know? but. Now, know. have you seen all all ten? No, no, no. I was lucky to see those two that I saw. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see like where it's gonna go, man. Are they gonna have like a premiere party? Yes, I believe we are having a premiere like May 31st. I want to go to that, man. The premiere, but you think, well, I mean, I get a plus one, but I wasn't planning on taking you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean, man? I'm not your first choice. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what choice you would even be, dude. Oh, my God. I think on the list, I would leave I some. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I think I would leave some blank spaces and then maybe. <laughs> oh, man. A in serious, serious, serious roasting. Yeah. In case I changed my mind, I would leave some spaces blank. Oh, and my then God. Maybe with a question mark, Dean Del Rey in pencil, <laughs> question mark. <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> you know, uh, comma, if hell freezes over. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Now, now you're just full daggers. Oh, fuck. Uh, now, you, I love you Dean. got your special uh, coming out. And you, you're, I haven't seen, you know, what's funny is, this is the bummer about uh, comedy. We 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 spent a lot of time together for you. That's why I love to go on the road with you. I say it more than anything. It's more for the hang. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, because yeah. we don't get to hang anymore. Yeah. You work like crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a different schedules. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. It's like having somebody there with you too is like that you know that you can hang around with. That's that's the main part about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so fun. You know, but my point was. I don't even know what uh, what bits you're doing now and stuff, but you got oh, a I bunch know. of new stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on a lot of new stuff. I'm actually ready to do another hour, so I think by you know when you know if the show gets picked up again and I feel like I'm gonna do it again, I'm gonna work on another another hour to be you know released again in conjunction with season two, that kind of thing. You yeah, know I, mean? I don't know. Yeah. We're gonna work it out and see, but I'm you know I'm ready to do that. So now. When you look at your hour that you shot at the Laugh Factory, um, now you shot that on your own, right? No, no, no. I had a, well, I mean, somewhat, but yeah. I had a company. There was a company that, you know, they're in conjunction, Audible, they're in conjunction with Amazon, you know, Red Roof. Oh, yeah, Red Roof, yeah. Red, or no, Rooftop. Yeah, Rooftop. 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 Yeah, Red those Red guys Roof. from That's like Indianapolis end. or something? <laughs> yeah, so they, they, but they were bought by Amazon. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they had like, you know, so it, it came out good. But I feel like I would want to do it myself next time. I want to just find out, maybe, you know, get some money up front, you know, or something and just like film this bad boy. But um, it was, uh, it was, a, it was an interesting experience. I learned a lot from doing that. This is the first time I've done it, you know, it's like weird. So it's like this one's more like a c- accumulation of like material that I've been doing for 10 years. Some of yeah. it's even on YouTube already. Just I just was like, let me put all the let me put all my fun bits, you know, in a special finally yeah. and just be like, hey, everybody, look, this is me. And then bury it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I, I haven't even been doing a lot of that stuff, you know, only, you know, since. Yeah. And it's almost a year ago I filmed that damn thing. I just did a record and I got a bag that's sitting over there and <clears throat> I brought every notebook and every joke thing I wrote. I used to throw them in this bag. So I brought them all with me and I sprawled it all out. And it's amazing when you look at shit, right? You go like, oh, I, I, I can't even, I forgot all about this shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I years go by and you're like, wow. I know, man. It's fucking crazy, right? I know, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's why, you know, these people, but I mean, but it's okay. I mean, Sometimes people, I think people do too many specials. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do a special, you know, it's like, but, you know, you realize, man, you have so many bits. Yeah. Yeah. And then they eventually you just stop doing them and then they just go into like purgatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And until you like, maybe you like you pull out a notebook and be like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, I pulled out one from five years ago, and it's like smashing on on the, this week. I've been yeah. doing it. I go, holy <laughs> shit. This is go- I had some gold laying around, you know? <laughs> It's pretty interesting, right? To, to think also when you look back at your frame of mind, what was going on. Like, you know, I'm looking at the, the era. And then I learned from that, like, don't write so much of what's going on. Like, you know, skinny jeans was a thing back then. Right, right, you know, right, So I right. had some skinny jean jokes. I had a, you know what I mean? I had a Radio Shack joke. You know, you yeah. start looking at the era. I know. It's, 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 so it's your... So it's your hacky bag. Oh, oh fuck <laughs> you! This guy, this guy with a Dean's got a hacky bag. Everybody. Oh, oh, this it's guy your, of all people. It's your hacky sack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hacky sack. Fuck it. You know what I'm talking about? That? Like, like if you look at your bit and you're talking about that movie, you yeah. know, the Inception or whatever. That was a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to come over and just roast me on my own cast. Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to look inside the hacky sack, everybody. <laughs> Hold on. Where is it? We're just going to pull jokes out and be like, airplane food? What's oh, going on, Dean? Hold on. I got it right here. You you could just pull one out. Is this it? No, wait, wait. Oh, here it is. You pull one out, and then you could just look at one. All right? Here it is. Just like a, like a pinata. Just oh, like, man. Yeah, he really has a sack full. Yeah, yeah, okay, what do you got Let's there? see what we got here. All okay. right. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I don't. I can't even read his handwriting, everybody. Oh, oh yeah, it's scribble. Yeah, that's what he thinks. Yeah, I, I'm a bad speller. That's what this is about. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, oh, he's got a spelling bee joke he was working on. Yeah, yeah. This is, he really has a hacky sack, everybody. <laughs> Fuck you, hacky sack. That, this shit is good in there. All right, it's your bit bag. Yeah, all right, you fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Hacky sack. Dude, that's pretty fucking funny, though. Hashtag hacky sack, everybody. (laughs) Hacky 
you sack. Oh my god, dude, dude, that's killing me. Oh, oh you went into your hacky you sack. Went, yeah, you went into. Oh, you oh, you went into your hacky sack today for. Uh, I'm just gonna pull some stuff out, everybody. Oh my god, it's funny though. I mean, of course, it's gonna be. What you know when you're in your first couple of years. I know, I know, I know. It's all just like you think that. Oh, I, I this is an original premise, and you, yeah. you pull it out and be like, you go to the club and nine dudes are doing it. Yeah, yeah. you know, like Facebook. I yeah, was on yeah. Facebook, you know, yeah. the, you know, and all that. I mean, there, I remember there's a time where I went and everybody's just doing, uh, you know, they're all doing uh, Instagram or Twitter, yeah, joke whatever or, it was, or, yeah. or, or or dating, you know, dating online. It's, yeah, man. I think the key to that is to uh, once somebody told me. Uh, everybody, all of us are looking at the same shit. Yeah, so that's why you have to have your own perspective. That's and also the whole idea about have it. the best one of of that, and then everybody else goes, "Well, that one's yeah, great." I got yeah, 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 I can't. I got to scrap this because that yeah. guy's doing it the best. Yeah, they're right. Exactly. Well, fuck, man, I'm uh, I'm fired up for this show, and I, I I can't thank you enough for all the years of uh, of help and support, dude. I mean. I, I some of those uh, times of being on the road with you, dude. It to me, people are always like, "Yeah, hey, how much money are you making doing comedy?" And all that. They don't even understand. At forty four, I didn't have these friends, and now I look at you or Ian, and I yeah, just think, yeah, like, yeah. "God, this is these guys are great in my life." You know, that's the reward of comedy, really, of showing oh, up no, at that, that store. Was, and now that you're sixty three, oh, it's like. Fuck you. <laughs> Hey, at least I say my real age. Uh, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> it's none of your business, Del Ray. Yeah, there you go. You, you don't need to know my race, my age, or my sexual orientation. That's not, Ra- none of your business. Racially ambiguous. Yes, I love that, that joke. Yeah, that's, right. that's me. I'm racially ambiguous. I love it, man. Um, so you're going on the road all summer? Where are we going? No, okay, here we go, everybody. <laughs> you gonna, are you going to check in the hacky sack? Or is, oh, gonna, fuck or is you. that carry on? <laughs> <laughs> carry on. Oh, I can't check that in. What if it gets lost? I can't gonna, what are you, you going to get it like, oh, my God, can you even imagine? I, I lost my hacky sack. You guys... <laughs> Then there's some baggage guy doing your jokes. At you the, fucking uh, asshole. <laughs> oh, man. I got to look at the numbers and cut that out. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I have Actually, I just, because I just switched agencies. Yeah. So I'm I really, I'm going to, I only have a few dates, you know. I, just, I have a few dates. I'm going to be in Tampa. I'm going to JFL this year again. Um, yeah, JFL, that's going to be great, right? Yeah. Going to the Mohegan Sun. So if you go to my calendar, ericgriffin.com with a K, U-R-I-K, Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N.com. I'm on Twitter, at Eric Griffin, at Eric Griffin on Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter. You like Snapchat still? Yeah, Snapchat's good. Yeah? It's a great way to talk to people still. I, I just rocked the Instagram since they got it all. Like Instagram, just they're, they're the stealers of everyone's app, right? They're like, hey, what's Periscope doing? Yeah, let's just grab that. Hey, what's Snapchat doing? Yeah, I let's know. just grab that. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, man, they they they're How the doing. Fuck does that happen? They're doing everything that everyone else is doing. They just because they, they try to buy it. I mean, Facebook because Instagram's Facebook. So they yeah, try, yeah. So they ask. They go, hey, we'd like to buy that, and they go, no. They go, okay, well, we're just gonna do what you're doing. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Right? Like Instagram just added the vanishing picture. 
Twitter. I know. Yeah, so it's like you don't even need Snapchat anymore. That's what I'm saying. They just fucking, they, here's a new thing. You just build an app and then you wait what's hot and just make your app that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Believe me, I'm looking for the next great app. Right. The next, so I can sell to Google for $10 billion. Can you believe how long Twitter's been around? I know. Twitter's still the OG original. I know, right? It does feel dead, though, to me because, like, I, I put a photo on Instagram and get zillions of likes. You put, like, something up on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, there's, there's more there's more engagement on Instagram. Yeah, I yeah, think it is. So. Twitter's more of a news thing now. You're yeah. just going on for, like, what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But nobody's really, uh, you know, getting, like... This, I mean, this. There's no like two thousand retweets, you know. Yeah, man. Like people favor something. You're like, dude, I need that retweeted. It's a show. I don't need it favored. Like, oh, cool. I like. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, yeah. But, but still, I, I don't even know if their fans even see that. If, the, if their followers see that, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. It's like it's like, please talk to me about this or like say something, you know. Yep. So I know exactly what you're saying. It's a weird. It's a weird vibe, man. All right, so it's coming out. I'm dying up here. I saw the billboard, by the way. It looks fucking Where's great. Where's the billboard? I haven't even seen There's it. There's one on Sunset, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's on you know, on the way to the store. and then oh, I haven't uh, seen that yet. Yeah, I'll get a photo for you, or you'll see it while you're out there. Uh, I'm dying up here. Uh, is out. What is the date again? Um, June 4th. June 4th. I'm dying up here on Showtime, June 4th. I think 10 p.m. is going to be the time. And then look out for my stand-up special, The Ugly Truth. July 7th yep. on Showtime at 9 p.m. And Santino special and Al Madrigal, Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Right. <clears throat> Al Madrigal, May 5th. Andrew Santino, June 2nd. Um, hometown Kid or Hometown Boy. I got I don't remember hometown what. Hometown Hero. Home, hometown Hero, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, for Andrew Santino. Uh, but, you know, Andrew's great. You know, the funny redhead. Uh, he's going to – both these guys are some of my best friends now. So May 5th, June 2nd, July 7th. Yeah, all the first first Fridays of the of the next month. That's dope, man. So that's and then and then look out for I'm dying up here June fourth, a ten episode run. I hope you all love it. Tweet about it. Tell yep. your friends about it so we could get another season. Yeah, man, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I'm really fired up. Thank you for doing the show. Too, no dude. problem, and don't forget uh, hashtag hacky sack. <laughs> 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 then I'll know you're, you I'll know you're, I know you really have listeners if oh, I get a hashtag oh, oh. hacky sack at Eric Griffin, please. No, no. It's hashtag at Eric's hacky sack. No, no, no. <laughs> Del Ray, the Del Razor hacky sack, Fuck everybody. You, <laughs> I'm going to go look at this spelling bee joke and see where it's going. <laughs> oh, my God. You want to get some food? Uh, maybe. No, actually, I got to meet someone, dude. Oh, you do? Fuck. Yeah. I wouldn't mind getting some coffee, though. Okay, let's do it. All right, talk to you guys later. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Follow Eric Griffin on Instagram and uh, Twitter, Facebook, and watch that show. It is absolutely fantastic, and tell a friend. Thank you, guys.